Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. So this series we're doing is to be the difference. How can we be the difference? And there's some uh, areas we've already looked at this morning. I think I'll put them up on the screen in the next slide, Max. There's some of the areas we've covered over these last few weeks. You know, and I just think they're important. If we're really going to be the difference, there's some components that we need to do in our lives, the things we need to make sure we're doing in our lives to position us for what God wants to do in our lives. And, and I'm excited about 2016. You know, I think we've positioned ourselves quite well for this year because we're so blessed with so many great people and so many leaders serving and sowing into, sowing their lives into the kingdom of God, into the church. And, uh, but, but why is it sometimes we drop back? Sometimes we, we hesitate. Why, why we start enthused at the start of the year like we have our New Year's resolutions and, and then all of a sudden we just get fearful or we pull back or, or whatever it is that we start to struggle with something. And, uh, and what I want to talk about this morning is something that I think might be helpful for us at the start of this new year, 2016. You know, I think it's something that we, many of us struggle with, to be truthful. And, uh, and it may not even be very apparent or obvious to many people, um, but it's a lack of confidence. It's a lack of confidence. And, uh, and for most, really, for most of us, there's something in our lives that we haven't got confidence in, whether it, it, it's, you know... Um, in our ability to measure up to what we, we think we've got to do. Or maybe it's, it's being uncertain about our future. Maybe it's about employment or relationships. Maybe we just feel insecure around other people. You know, maybe it's something like that. And if you're like me, I can have areas of insecurity. And I know I've preached on insecurity a few times. I know, you know, people want to hear this sort of stuff. And, and, and so often when my insecurity comes up, I'm not feel like I'm not being a good enough husband, a good enough dad, a good enough pastor, good enough brother, good enough son. You know, because they're all the responsibilities, weight of responsibility we all carry in our lives. Well, maybe not for a brother or a son, but, but you know what I'm saying, you know. And, uh, and, and maybe for you, you feel like, well, I don't feel like I'm ever going to be successful like my parents wanted me to be. Or maybe I'm not going to measure up to what their expectations were. Or even what I expected and hoped of myself. I don't feel like I'm measuring up. And I know many of us can be our own harshest critics. I know I can be. Some people could say, I lack confidence in the way I look, in my physical appearance. And, and be honest, I don't think there's anyone here who's completely happy with the way they look. You know, if I just change those 57 things, then I'd look good, you know. And, and I think that there's so many things we battle with insecurity. And a lot of times, our own self talk. Well, well, the no one else hears that we talk to ourselves and go, you know, um, you know, I know for me I can say, I should be saying, hey, Greg, you can do this, but often I'm going, Greg, don't blow it. It's going to look so bad if you don't do well here or, or, or you, you, you may not have what it takes, Greg, you know, and, and you often, you, you're actually pulling yourself down by that inner voice and those inner things that, that are saying to yourself. And basically it's because we live in a really negative world, a really critical world, a really cynical world. And if we don't get more of God's word into us than we get of the world, I'm telling you, just balance towards criticism, cause negativity. So what's interesting when, we, when I look at this lack of uh, confidence, it seems to me so many people try to compensate by either 
not trying at all or criticising those who are trying. Or, and and I, I think you'll get what I mean when I explain this a little bit. Since I can't have it, I'm just going to criticise. And a lot of times we try to act more confident than we really are. In fact, based on my experience, <laughs> oftentimes the people who appear the most confident and sometimes a little bit cocky and arrogant are actually the most insecure. I know from my sales days, um, I recognised very early that the most ornery, sh- sharp tongue people as customers were the ones that were insecure. And once you got past the veneer or the, the mask of who they were, they actually became your best customers because that was just a facade. That was just a, a mechanism to get away from you. I don't want to talk to you. I, I, I'm, I'm insecure. And often if you can get past that, they actually become really good friends often and, 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 and really good customers in terms of sales. And I think it's the same with, with this. You know, when we're insecure, we put on this mask and, and we, we put on, try to be confident, which is, is not a bad thing. It's just a mask. So think about this. I've listed a few things that I've, I've seen in different types of insecure people. I'm going to have to drink, guys. I, my tongue's like a big lump of rubber. Have you ever seen a tongue after you've been fasting for three days? It's just white. Do you want to see it? No. No, okay. I can tell you, it's not working real well this morning. Okay, so three types of people. People pleasers. People pleasers. There are what I've called fishers. And then there's the, there's the people I call the one-upmanship people. Now, people pleasers, you know what I'm talking about here. And, and it's the sort of person that comes and you go, yeah, you're amazing. I'll do anything for you. I'll, anything you need, anything you want, any money you need, want my house, want my car, you know, anything like that. I'm here for you. I'll, I'll give it all, you know. And you think, really? Really? How many people know people pleasers in their life? Just put up your hand. There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's a fair few around I've seen. Um, then there's the fishers. These are the people who are looking for compliments, that are looking for self-esteem through what other people think of them. You know, it might be something like someone puts a post on social media and says, you know, I, I feel so bad today. And, and, and they're looking for a response. They go, oh, no, you're great. You're looking good, you know. And, and uh, or, or my presentation at uni wasn't very good. No, no, it was amazing. You were fantastic, you know, and that was really good. And, and honestly, I can find myself slipping into that from time to time, unconsciously, but particularly after a preach. You know, after the preach, you, you sort of walk around, how's, how's church? It was all right? It was good? Did, did you get anything amazing? Did anything change your life? Get transformed? Word of God? Anything? Anything? And, and, and I find myself looking for those compliments. You go, why do I do that? Why do I do that? And then there's the um, one-upmanship. One-upmanship. Okay. Now, you know what I'm talking about here. There's the people that no matter what you say, they've done something better. My child read a chapter of the Bible today. Yeah, well, that's nothing. My kid memorised the whole Bible in Hebrew. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're going to go on a break up the coast for vacation over the, vacation over the weekend. Well, that's nothing. I'm going on a three-month vacation to a tropical volcanic, volcanic island in the Pacific and I just bought it, you know, and, and it's like, <laughs> really? And you say, well, I've been pretty sick lately. Okay. Well, that's nothing. 
I had the disease, I almost died and they discovered this new disease and it's the first person I've ever had it. They're going to name the disease after me. That's nothing, mate. And you go, oh, okay, fair enough. And they almost tried to make themselves feel better by being better than, your, than whatever you're talking about. And it's all based in insecurity. And they never seem able to or secure enough to celebrate other people's successes. That's, that's the, the crux of it. They're never able to fully celebrate anyone else's successes. And, and it holds us back in our lives. The truth is it does hold us back. And there can be so many things that can trigger insecurity. I, I know, you know, through all our lives, there's been things in our lives that have made us feel insecure. And it can be small things, big things, even things that look like they're building our culture. I remember when we planted the church, you know, I, I was so looking forward to preaching regularly. You know, before that, I'd looked after a service, but you only got an opportunity to preach maybe two or three times every, oh, sorry, two or three times, uh, no, no, in a roster, so that's about three months. So you'd only get once a month, maybe, something like that. And, and you know, and so we kicked off the church and things looked like they're going pretty well and three or four months in, I've, I'm panicking because I've used every good story I ever knew I knew just about every, I'd used every scripture that I knew. Every good thing that I'd known that I thought was holding to preach, I'd used. All my good material was used. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what am I going to preach now? I've run out, you know. And I remember I lost confidence right then in my own ability. And which is a good thing in the long run, can I tell you? It's a good thing in the long run because it made me push past my own limitations of self-confidence. It made me push past that. And we all deal with insecurity in so many different ways. The, the tragedy are there's so many people here and, and in the world not living the life that God created us to live because we don't have confidence in the place that we should have confidence. You're letting insecurity talk you out of God's calling for your life. And it happens all the time. You know, I'm sure there'll be people here that maybe aren't stepping out in confidence. Maybe they're not going for that job interview that they want. Maybe they're not asking for that promotion that they, they'd like. Maybe they're not uh, applying to uni or going back to study because, you know, I'm not good enough or I'm too old, I look silly. You know, maybe for you it was just something as simple as, well, I would have liked to lead a life group, but, you know, I'm not sure anyone would have turned up and I'm not sure I'm spiritual enough and I'm not sure I'm ready and you missed an opportunity because of insecurities. And it's tragic when we don't even try to get into shape because we're afraid to fail. And we're, we're, we don't even attempt something for God because we don't have the confidence. You see, that's what keeps us small. That's what the enemy would love, to keep us smaller than what God would want us to be. So today I've called this message, Be Confident. Be Confident. And if you're taking notes, I want to start with a really important principle that we need to embrace in this we don't need self-confidence. We don't need, I'm here to tell you, you don't need self-confidence. In fact, today I'm telling you, you don't need any confidence in yourself. The only confidence you need is to cultivate a God confidence. To cultivate a God confidence. And there's a big difference. A big difference. In fact, when I'm talking about you being confident today, I'm talking about you being confident, not in yourself, but in your ability to encourage yourself to be confident in God. And where do I get this idea? Well, out of Scripture, I hope. So uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12, and this is out of the, the message version, says this, or Paul says this. 
says, forget about what? He says, forget about self-confidence. Forget about it. It's not going to do you any good. It's useless, he said. And he said this, to cultivate... What did he say to cultivate? He said to cultivate God-confidence. We're going to have to forget about self-confidence because it's really useless. Instead, we're going to ask God to help us develop a God-confidence. Something deep within us, a faith that knows that God is in control and I'm confident in here. And I'm telling you why I'm not trying to be self-confident. I, I used to be big into self-help and, 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 and I'll, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong by any means, but I, I tell you, if I'm really transparent, there's, there's just some stuff that got knocked out of me a, a long while ago in ministry. You know, a few locks, knocks along the way, the wind's taken out of your sail and the self-confidence diminished... And you realise it can't be about my self-confidence. It can't be about me. Because if I'm just trusting in myself, I'm in, I'm in real problems. Because really, the first thing the scripture says, my heart is deceitful above all things. My heart is deceitful above all things. We have this unbelievable ability to deceive ourselves. We do. It's amazing. You know, and truthfully, I've seen people and leaders build ministries on their own self-ability, their own self-confidence, and the power seems to go to their heads. And mostly, pride comes before a fall, and so mostly they fall over. You think, wow, how did that happen? How did that power get such a stronghold? It's because their ministry is often based on self-confidence, on self, rather than where it should be. The second thing I thought of was I'm not confident in myself because my flesh is weak. I'm so weak at the moment. I've had no food for three days. And it's like my, my flesh is so weak, it's crying out for food. And my spirit is so strong. And how does that work? You know? And, and, and Paul says this, I put no confidence in my flesh. In other words, he's talking about our sin nature, our, our, our fallen nature. I'm not talking about self-confidence because my heart is deceitful, because my flesh is weak. Because my behaviour is inconsistent. You know, I can be up one day spiritually and down the next day spiritually. You know, I can have six or seven days of, of being on fire for God and then, then the next day something discourages you and you go, why am I doing this again? <laughs> you know, life can be like that. But if I'm, I'm not going to put confidence in myself if I'm really going to be all that God created me. I want to cultivate a God, a God confidence. And so there's nothing wrong with self-confidence. Well, you know, I'm not saying that. Be confident in yourself. I'm not saying lose confidence in yourself. Stay with the confidence you, you've got. Because God has given you gifts and talents. He has. And, and positive self-talk's good, and, and it's good to feel good about yourself. Absolutely. But here's the thing. If you really want to live your life to the max, if you want to live your life to the full, if you want to get the best out of your life in God's kingdom to completely glorify God, you never do it by putting confidence in yourself alone. It can't be. See, that's all about you. And, and, and what we need to do is cultivate a God confidence. So guys, just three simple, quick truths this morning. Just three and, and I know sometimes I think, wow, this is so simple. It's so, it's not that deep, you know. And, and, but there's this truth in these statements. There's truth in these things we're going to look at. 
because they're all based around the word confident. And let it build within you what God wants to build. Not self-confidence, but God-confidence. So three simple truths or statements. And if you're taking notes, the first one's this. We need to know and assimilate this truth in our heart and mind that my God is always for me. Your God is always for you. Our God is for us together. Our God is for us. And the reason, you know, and the reality is many people have an inaccurate view of the character and nature of God. The reason is because we often feel like God's love and God's favour and God's acceptance is tied to our performance or is conditional. I did pretty well today, so God will probably answer my prayer. No. Or I blew it today, so God will probably be disappointed I better not ask for anything. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. The reality is we, we, we have consistently we don't have consistently spectacular spiritual days we just don't you know jesus took the disciples up on the mountain then he went down the valley he went up there then he went down and it was that point that they got some revelation but then they had to go down and do the hard work we all fall, fall short of the glory of god and there's other people who think well god's out to get me god doesn't want to bless me the truth is our god is a Loving Heavenly Father. He is for us, not against us. Here's a thought. How many of you are parents and are going to admit it? Come on, put up your hand. Come on. There's sometimes when I was really proud of my kids, really proud of my kids, and sometimes when I wasn't. The truth is, as a dad, you never, you never did wake up and think, I want something bad for my kids today. You know, you, you, or I never thought I, I want to wake up and catch them doing that thing. I'm going to whack them, you know, take them out of the backyard and whack them and, and I want something bad for them. You just don't. You just don't. Always, every day, I want my children blessed. I want my children whole. I want my children well. I want my children successful. I want my children going on for God, serving God faithfully. I am always and forever for my children, even when they're doing something I don't agree with. Which I don't think is, which I don't support. I'm still for my children. And likewise, a heavenly father is always for you. Always for you. Don't ever, don't ever question that. He is always for you. You know, Paul says it in Romans 8:31. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Who can ever be against us? Because my God is for me. There is no power on earth greater than my God. And therefore, I believe he'll get me through this that I'm going through right now. When you have an accurate, accurate view of God, everything changes. I'm confident because my God is for me. I'm not living for his approval. I'm living from his approval. You see, I'm not doing stuff to get his approval in my life. I'm living from his approval. It's already given through Jesus Christ. Because, because of Jesus, I'm acceptable to God. Not based on what I do or don't do based on who Jesus is and what he did. My God is for me. You see, you need to understand this. That's God's grace, his unmerited favour. We don't deserve it, but we have it anyway. Each and every one of us has it anyway. And when you take a step of faith, God absolutely is for you. If you want to get out of debt, listen to me. God is for you. He wants to help you move forward. If you want to reconcile a broken relationship... 
Listen to me, God is for you. He wants that same relationship reconciled. He wants that cry of your heart to become evident. He wants to soften the hearts of the people involved. You want to start a new business? Listen to me, God is for you. He wants to bless you so you can be a blessing to other people. It doesn't mean it's a guarantee you'll get rich. I'm not saying that. But that God is working using everything for good to conform you to the image of Christ. If you want your business or your career or your ministry to be more successful, our God is for you. Our God is for you. Seek God first. Let him give you the keys of what it would be to unlock you and your potential to be a blessing to resource the kingdom of God. If you're praying for a miracle, and there probably is people here this morning praying for miracles for people, listen, God is for you. God is for you. He wants to hear your prayer. He wants to work in your life using everything to bring it to good. We don't have to have self-confidence. We have to cultivate a God confidence. I hope you're catching this this morning because it is so important. It's not about us. It's about our relationship with our God. Hebrews 10.35 says this. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. This New Living Translation. Do not throw away your confidence is the way the NIV says it. But this one says, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great rewards it brings you. Why does it bring a great reward? Because our God is for us. I'm confident not in myself. I'm not confident in my flesh. I'm not confident in my heart. I'm confident in the goodness of God that my God is for me. So who can be against me? I'm confident my God's for me. That's the first point. Second point is this. It's exciting to me to, to recognise this, that I'm confident because my God always helps me. It's amazing. My God always helps me. I, 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 I know there's be people here that are saying, well, my God's not helping me at the moment. Well, it's hard to get a context for this sometimes. We need to understand that God is for us, not against us, and God cares for us. He's here, there to help you. And I love what the author of Hebrews says in uh, chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And see what it says here in verse 6. Amazing. So we say with what? With confidence. We have confidence. We have confidence in God. We say this with deep spiritual assurance and confidence. The, the, the Lord is what? He's our helper. He's our helper. I will not be afraid. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Let that resonate in you. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. If there's one scripture that sticks with you this morning, let that be it. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. It's an amazing scripture. You know, I, um, I asked my wife, my beautiful wife, is she prepared to share something about the uh, funeral because there's been a process of, of the confidence in her. So I'm going to get her to come and, and share for five minutes this morning. So got a mic for her. It's not really about the funeral. Life it throws curveballs at you, doesn't it? Five weeks before Christmas, here I am thinking, oh, I've got to get all the preparations done, the cooking, the everything about Christmas. And um, my dad was on a downward spiral in his health and ended up dying so it kind of threw us all into a bit of a spin but um, when life throws you curveballs it's really good to have confidence in God 
and the Word of God. And just, I just want to, before I just quickly start, I just want to read a couple of verses of Psalm 91, which is one of my favourite psalms. It says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. When life gets tough, they're the verses you need to know that God is your refuge and your strength. And then it ends with this. Turns around from the psalmist speaking to God speaking. And it says this, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. He will call upon me and I will answer him. That's where our confidence in God comes from, knowing that he does answer. So the quick story is, in a nutshell, um, I come from a non-Christian family, which is quite hilarious that I'm a pastor and God chose me out of my family to come to know him first. So it's quite a burden when you have a family that doesn't know God or acknowledge God, but in your heart of hearts you want them to. So Dad's 84 and um, a, lovely, a lovely dad, a really lovely, kind dad, but never showed any interest in God whatsoever. So I think by 84, geez, you know, you know, his time's just about up. And I've never really had the God conversation that you would really want to have maybe with your family. And I felt really burdened that he was on his last legs. And I thought, oh, I really want him to know God. So how's this going to happen? So I kept going down there and the family was everywhere. And I was always looking for the opportunity and it became quite a burden to me, thinking I had to do the saving of my father. Oh, maybe today's the day if just this person's not there, and I, yes, I can sit there and do that, da, 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 da. And it became a huge burden. And this day, it was a, just on the Wednesday or something, I just was driving down the car to the hospital and I said to God, God, I can't do this anymore. My confidence is in you. You love my father and I just pray that you would give me the opportunity and I'm going to take it. And that was it. I, I just took all the pressure off me. My confidence wasn't in me anymore. It was in God that he would make a way. A couple of days later, on the Saturday, Greg and I were down at the hospital visiting and we were there by ourselves. And funnily enough, Dad's best mate had died in those couple of days. And he had said to my mother, would you ask Robin to say a prayer for Keith? The, the guy that had died, which was a lovely thing. And I thought, that's interesting, isn't it? So when I found us in, finally alone in the room with him, Dave was still t speaking at this stage, and I said to Dad, um, would you like me to say a prayer for Keith? And he kind of nodded. And I said, how about I say a prayer for you first? And I felt the Holy Spirit, he just came upon us. And we held his hands, and we just started to talk to, talk to my dad, and he understood, he really understood what was going on because he said this to me, he says, um, I think I've left my run a bit late, 84, never having, you know, talked to God or anything. And I just whispered in his ear and I said to Dad, it's never too late. It's never too late to say yes to God. And he was kind of nodding, Greg, wasn't he? He was kind of with us. So, look, he didn't say the sinner's prayer or anything like that, but he made peace with God. Something happened to him in that moment and when we finished praying he said amen so how good was that so i tell you that just to let you know that you never give up god knows your heart you constantly keep praying for people and i think there's a change going on in our family 
And I am believing that that was a great testimony. And I didn't show back. I, like, I don't rave on about God in my family. Um, they know what we do and they love what we do, but they've never, they're not that open, you know, to becoming Christians at this stage. But my mum is so soft and she wanted us to pray. And when Dad was quite anxious there in his last moments, she grabbed Greg and said, Greg, pray for him. So this is my mother. And um, so I believe good things are going to happen in our family because um, God loves all of our family, whether they know him or not. And just be confident that God hears your prayers and he does listen. And I just quickly wrote these things down. I said, be faithful in prayer always. Never give up. Like 84, who would have thought this old bloke would ever be soft to God? But it happened. And there you go. So never give up. Have people praying with you. And I just want to take a moment to thank our prayer team, Ashley and Ken and all the guys on the prayer team, because they weren't just praying for Dad's health. They were praying for his salvation, weren't you guys? I know you were. And he went to ICU for nearly two weeks. And I've been thinking about this afterwards. I thought, imagine if he had died then. I would never got my chance to speak to him. So God knew. God knew when his chance was coming. He came out of ICU, back to the ward, then we had that chance. So never give up. Be faithful in prayer. Be confident that God hears your prayers and he will answer in his timing. And in, it's in his timing, not always our timing. So there's lessons to be learnt in just waiting on God. Be ready. And when the opportunity presents to act, to speak or to pray for someone, take it. Be confident and don't, don't pull back. When I saw that opportunity, I was ready. I was going for it. But God made the opportunity, not me. And um, be obedient and step into your confidence in God and be empowered by the Holy Spirit because he does work miracles. And I think that was a miracle that my dad got to know God before he died. That's good. <laughs> Robin's mum said to us, oh, I'm listening to your radio station. I went, I've got a radio station. <laughs> said, no, no, that, the, the, you know, the one you listen to sometimes. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, Rima. And she's listening to Rima at night time. And, and, and she, I, you know what they do at night time? They do all the prayers and all the salvation prayers. And, man, she is so soft. Um, amazing. So, so it's, it's been fantastic. And, and right now, you may be facing a difficult situation. You need to recognise that God is our helper. Maybe your marriage is in trouble. You need God to bring healing to your marriage. Maybe you're stressed financially. And God's a provider. He delights in helping his children. Maybe you've got troubles in your family. He's there for you. Some of you want to start a ministry. You know, you've got an idea of what, what to do in ministry. Well, God's there for you. Just take that step, step of faith and let him show you what to do because he wants you to reach those people that we need to reach. You've got to have a hard conversation with somebody perhaps. You know, listen to me, God will give you the words. You know, if you need wisdom, if, if, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, our God gives freely who to whoever asks. Our God provides the presence of the Holy Spirit, like Robin said, to give you comfort and peace that goes beyond our human ability to understand. God's word is a lamp to our feet that guides our steps and our path. Our God is a helper. In the Old Testament even, um, it's one of the names of God. basically means God is my helper. As I said, there's some of you in a difficult situation now. 
And I know it's difficult on this side of it to see God's with you and helping you at the moment. But God is helping you. I guarantee it. And it's only when we often look back and you can say, I know I maybe didn't see it at the time, but God was helping me at the time. I didn't realise it. He was carrying me. He was sustaining me. I wasn't on my own at all. I thought I was, but I wasn't. Often we can see more clearly in the rear vision mirror because he was with me back then. I just didn't know it. I can trust he is with me now. You know, Psalm uh, 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. He is our ever-present help in trouble. He is present with you right now, no matter what you're going through. And there's some of you doing it tough, I know that, and you're probably feeling quite, quite emotional. And that's, but, but he is helping you. I'm telling you, he's helping you. He's present. He's your refuge. He's your strength. And that's why I'm, I'm not confident in my own abilities. But I'm cultivating a God confidence. God is for me. You see, and my God helps me. And the third point this morning to finish off. My God is still working in me. My God is still working in me. Your God is still working in you and your circumstance and your situations. And we're believing. You know, we've had some amazing God conversations in Robin's family since. Now, that has never been the case before. We've talked about church, but these are God conversations. These are quite different. You see, we're all unfinished work. We're still yet to be finished. The best is yet to come. Don't base your confidence on the current circumstances. Base it in God and confidence in him. Philippians 1.6. This will encourage somebody, I think. Being what? Being confident of this, the God who began a good work in you will carry it out until completion, until the, the day of Christ Jesus. Be confident in that. Be confident. He will carry it out to completion. He will, I guarantee you. God is working in me. He's working through me, working with me. And just because you did something wrong today or this week or this month or last year, you feel the guilt and the shame. But you need to understand God is still working in you, no matter what's going on. You know, For some of you, you've probably got spiritual doubts still. You think, I shouldn't have spiritual doubts. I'm down the road this far and I shouldn't have those spiritual doubts. Well, you're here, aren't you? You're here, aren't you? You're here listening to this and and God is not finished with you yet. God is still working in you. Some of you are still stuck in sin. You know, there's something that's going on in your life and you just seem to get drawn back into it and you think, I can't get out or I don't seem to be able to do it. Well, God can. You know, my God is not finished with you yet. He is more holy. He is different to the world. There's someone else that feels bad because you've been away from God. Don't, you, know, you might have walked away from God. You might have turned your back and you feel bad because of that. But, but the truth is, God's drawing you back right now. You know in your heart, he is. You're here. You're leaning into God this morning. He's not finished with you yet. He's still working in, in you. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion. You know, I try to be really transparent when I preach because I just I want you to know that when I preach, I preach to myself. And, and like, for me, I'm sure many of you look at... I know I had it this week. You know, when you get a little emotional, you go, oh, you're a pastor, you shouldn't get emotional. You go, really? Okay, I suppose. But, but you know, you stand up here every week and, or, or regularly and, and people think, oh, you go blah, 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 blah and, and people think, oh, you must have it together. The truth is, 
I never feel really completely adequate to do what I'm called to do. I think that's the way God positions it, to be truthful. And the time that I do feel completely adequate to do what I do, I probably shouldn't be doing that job anymore. I should be always stretching and and growing and building for something more for what God's got in us. And and the truth is, for each one of you, you've got different expectations of what a pastor or a leader does or is. You know, and I understand that. I can't meet up all those expectations. And and I'm not looking to people for my confidence. Otherwise, I'd be shot. (laughs) Be shot a long time ago. Would have given up a long time ago. And yet, listen to me here. I'm confident because I'm not confident in myself. I'm confident. I'm not confident even in in you, to be truthful. You know, and Paul says that. You know, don't have confidence in man. You know, because they'll let you down. And as great as people we've got here, people let you down from time to time. And you can lose confidence because of that. But I have a God confidence that's deeper than just an intellectual understanding. We need to cultivate a Deep faith in the goodness of God because I tell you that my God is for me. My God is working in me. He's not finished with me or you yet. My God always helps whenever I need it. He is with me. He is part of my life. And when I need it, he is there. And I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't. You know, and maybe you're going through nothing and that's fine. But maybe you're feeling a sense of insecurity. Maybe you've lost your confidence somehow. I hope you understand that you can be only confident that God will bring that confidence in your life to the fulfilment of that. It can't be self-built. He's for you. He's helping you. He's not finished with you yet. That's a reason to be confident. That's that's the way we're going to be the difference in this community, in this world, in our families. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth and the power of your word, Lord. I pray that you would transform hearts here today, God. We're in your presence. And as we think about it, Lord, you know, I just, I know there's people here that go, Greg, I'm I'm like you. I I often feel inadequate. I often feel like I haven't got the confidence to do that thing. I don't feel good enough. Maybe as a parent, as a partner, as a, I feel like I fail in different places. I feel guilty because I'm not making a difference. I should. But I want to put my confidence, I don't want to put my confidence in myself anymore. I want to put my confidence in God. God, give me the trust and the faith to to be even more. Help me, God, to trust you and cultivate a God confidence. And if that's you this morning, well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just put your hand up there. If you want more confidence for this coming year, I think it's a great time, a year to do it. 2016, if that's you, put your hand up so I can see who we're praying with this morning. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's pray together, hey? God, I thank you so much for a church that's not believing in our sinful selves as much as we believe in the goodness of a faithful God who never fails and always, always is there working for us in all things to bring about the good of those who love him. God, I, I pray today that, God, we cultivate by hearing your word, by fellowshipping with one another, by doing life with, with other believers, that we be, have an unshakable confidence, God, in your character, your nature, your faithfulness. God, because we are confident in you, I pray that your, your calling would become even more evident for every person here this morning, that hears those voices of discouragement and, and that you know, they'll never step us into faith, Lord. They'll always take us away. We have to have faith in who you are and what you can do through us, Lord. I pray that in the name of Jesus. And, and just one more prayer here this morning. While, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just want to give you the opportunity. 
Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.